<laughs> All right. So whoever's watching this after the fact, it's going to be a really short session because we just <laughs> had quite a few different fun tangents before class. Um, all right, so for tonight, um, we're talking about the preface and uh, that article. So let me bring up the preface and let's actually read through it. Um, sorry, I'm out of practice with my screen sharing, <laughs> but now I can, it's better. So, um, Let's just kind of like take it uh, kind of paragraph by paragraph and, and talk about some of the amazing stuff here in the preface. Um, so from the homework assignment that we uh, looked at, um, we have the doctrine and the covenants, right? And the doctrine is the lectures on faith portion, and the covenants are the actual sections of the, the DNC that we, we have today. So this preface is given to encompass both. It's kind of the preface to the whole book. Uh, and so it says, to the members of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, dear brethren, we deem it to be unnecessary to entertain you with a lengthy preface to the following volume, but merely to say that it contains, in short, the leading items of the religion which we have professed to believe. So I find that very interesting right there, where it's uh, saying, hey, we're not going to make this, this thing super long, but what we do have here in this preface is going to be, is going to be profound and impactful. The first part of this book will be found to contain a series of lectures as delivered before a theological class in this place, and in consequence of their embracing the important doctrine of salvation, we have arranged them into the following work. The second part contains items or principles for the regulation of the church as taken from the revelations which have been given since its organization, as well as from former ones. And then I find this paragraph very uh, telling. There may be an aversion in the minds of some against receiving anything purporting to be articles of religious faith in consequence of there being so many now extant. But if men believe a system and profess that it was given by inspiration, certainly, the more intelligibly they can present it, the better. It does not make a principle untrue to print it. Neither does it make it true not to print it. So what do you, what do you guys take out of that paragraph there? I, I find this last sentence particularly interesting. It does not make a principle untrue to print it. Neither does it make it true not to print it. How does that pertain to the lectures on faith and how does that pertain to our lives like anyway just what are your your general thoughts on on that paragraph there if there are any that's an interesting thing to say it's not what it does not make a principle true if you print it that's what you would think it would say mm -hmm. do you know what i'm saying uh -huh, yeah. Just because it's in print doesn't make it true, but that's not what they're saying. Yeah. Is that correct? Am I reading it correctly? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, it does not make a principle untrue to print it, and so um, <laughs> and and vice versa. I, you know, like in a day where everything on the internet is coming at us so fast, and everybody can make up anything. You know, I, I think that that's. Um, just kind of an interesting principle to, to keep in mind. But yeah, why are they saying that here? 
uh, in uh, the preface to this to this book. You know, the Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon, they don't have uh, a similar preface, but, but this one is kind of interesting. Uh, we're going to make this short and sweet, and um, the, the lectures are, um, let's see, a consequence of their embracing the important doctrine of salvation, um, and then uh, talking about the, the truthfulness of uh, the printing process there. And this is written in what, 1830? five right uh-huh yeah right about there and in 1921 they didn't print it anymore yeah yeah and they took that out it's okay is that sentence saying just because we're printing these sacred things don't think that it's not true is that what it's saying mm -hmm. yes it yeah. says it says it does not make a principle untrue to print it in other words if we're printing it, it certainly can be true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, just an interesting sentence because it's not what you would expect. Mm -hmm. And if they stop printing it in 1921, that doesn't make it not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. it's almost preparing for it to be taken out. In a yeah. Way. So going to the, to the next one, it says, the church, viewing this subject to be of importance, appointed through their servants and delegates the high council, your servants, to select, select and compile this work. Several reasons might be adduced in favor of this move of the council, but we add only a few words. They knew that the church was evil spoken of in many places, its faith and belief misrepresented, and the way of truth thus subverted. By some, it was represented as disbelieving the Bible, by others as being an enemy to all good order and uprightness, and by others as being injurious to the peace of all governments, civil and political. You know, I think that you could write that today and it would still be true, right? I mean, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's what I thought. I underlined they knew that the church was evil spoken of in many places, and I'm thinking, man, isn't that our lot today mm -hmm. yeah and i think it'll even continue to to get worse right as all of the, mm -hmm. the things do come under persecution in, in the last so in uh, all of that being said we have therefore endeavored to present though in few words our belief and when we say this humbly trust the faith and principles of this society as a body we do not present this little volume with any other expectation than that we are to be called to answer to every principle advanced in that day when the secrets of all hearts will be revealed and the reward of every man's labor be given him. With sentiments of esteem and sincere respect, we subscribe ourselves, your brethren, in the bonds of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, I, I find that all super interesting. Uh, like their, their whole point is to get us to whatever it is that this day or that day is so that we can be called to answer for every principle advanced um as we learned from from last week you know the outcomes of the school of the prophets i mean they, these are some some pretty profound and powerful blessings that are being offered to to man 
right, uh, to to the members of the church there in um, Kirtland and it spreads throughout, but um, that once they receive those blessings, we, we don't want to do long expositions on anything. We just present a few little words um, with no other expectation than that. We are to be called to answer for these. Um, I, I find that very profound as we look at lectures on faith and how they pertain to us in this day. Hey, Cameron. Mm -hmm. Where was the part about truth, whether it's printed or not? Where is that? I can't see that in my book. Um, well, that's a good question because when Tracy was reading it in one of our other groups, there was some parts missing from whatever she was reading out of. Um, but the, let's see, in this one on the Lectures on Faith website, um, let me just show you where I'm getting this. So I go to the preface. And it is the fourth paragraph. So also in um, this homework assignment here, um, if you scroll down to the actual preface that was printed in the original book, it is there as well in the second paragraph. Because um, the, uh, let's see, second and third ones are redacted um, where it talks about the first part of this book and the second part of this book. That's the only thing missing from this image here where that gray line is, um, but it does have that sentence that you just uh, brought out there in the second paragraph. Mine doesn't have it. Mine doesn't even have the preface. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't look into that as well as I, I should have. Um, there there's just well, no i just i just have a book i bought a while ago mm -hmm. so it's not one that you recommended if that's what you're that's talking not. about but mine mine just starts in le lecture first that's it mm -hmm. yeah and it, chelsea's yeah. nodding her head like yours is the same way yeah just right into it the one i got without that paragraph was from deseret book and then I, and I just got it because it was a cool looking, older looking book. That's mm -hmm. all the reason I got it. And then I got one, the restoration edition off Amazon, but it did have that in it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it was interesting. I'm like, okay. I mean, what's up? <laughs> Where are they? Why did I take that doing? out? I mean, because yeah, the preface was in all of the original Doctrine and Covenants. I mean, it was the preface. Right. They're messing with us. Why take that out? Hmm. Very interesting. Daddy Aunt Robbers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, paragraph four, it's really interesting because it says, and this was printed to preface in 1835. Mm -hmm. And then in 1842, not that much longer, right? Right. Um, the articles of faith were actually printed. And mm -hmm. so the first sentence says, there may be a version in the minds of some against receiving anything purporting to be <laughs> articles of, we'll just put in the word religious, but take that out to be the articles of faith. Yeah. And seven years later, that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. mm. And, and now it is in our, well, triple combination or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, so cool. I find that interesting. Yeah, I love that. I find it so intriguing that we talk about faith a lot in the church, right? I mean, faith's everywhere. 
but yet lectures on faith and how it presents faith and you know as we see here in the preface it, it treats it a little bit differently but um how uh let's see how do i word this like i always thought i knew what faith was until i read lectures on faith and i go i don't have i, I <laughs> whatever i've learned uh, it wasn't this and so uh, it's kind of interesting how um just learning about it and learning um, how these early pioneers were uh, studying the lectures on faith and uh, how they were, what they were, all of that. Um, it's really just opened my mind into the principles of faith of, uh, as we'll see next week in, in lecture one, that every single thing in the worlds were created by faith. You know, like, does, does God still need faith? But everything revolves around this principle and um uh like it was said in that that fourth paragraph there it, that's why it kind of brought up to my mind um there may be a version in the minds of some receiving anything purporting to be articles of religious faith and i think that that's just kind of carried on throughout the the restoration as we've um kind of lost track of certain elements of faith and uh it's interesting as it is uh, decanonized in, in 1921. We'll take a, a deep look into that in our final week here, um, week 13. But um, here in, in the homework tonight, we uh, see some, some interesting things that um, get played out. Um, any thoughts about that before we kind of dive into it? Um, you talked about faith and one of the things I highlighted and bolded in the other article that we read, it said that faith being the first principle of action in all intelligent beings. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting sentiment, isn't it? So I've just kind of been thinking it's a little bit like the endowment where it's given to us and then that's it, go figure it out. So I just kind of did a quick search for commentary on lectures on faith there's nothing there is nothing yeah. kind of like the endowment right go figure it out for yourself mm -hmm. yeah it, it's very interesting how that plays out so um the homework for tonight is um one book on the lectures on faith but i i still find that there's a few different things that i that are lacking that I wish it had. But um, if you go to um, the top of the page and click over to go to book, um, you'll be able to, to see all of the different chapters that are in this book. What we're reading tonight is just one of the articles here. Um, but you can actually see the, the different lectures here, uh, comparative charts and discussions on the lectures on faith in uh, some different viewpoints. Um, so we have articles from Rasmussen, McConkie, Turner, Millet, Matthews, and and Cap um, there. But I, I've so there are articles, that. but there's there are articles, I guess. Then, but there's not really like a commentary. Uh huh. Yeah, there's not too much commentary, which which is just interesting. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's like here's here's an endowment. Go to the Lord, have Him teach you some of these principles. Because I mean, what are the people that are attending school of the prophets trying to do they're trying to part the veil how are you ever going to part the veil if you don't 
go and try to know who's on the other side of the veil and how they work and how they act and how they how you can hear him in recognize his voice and all this kind of stuff like it's a different type of process but i think we kind of approach it in our our various ways but but yet it's all about here's the information now go to the lord have him teach you kind of it takes us full circle back to the movie arrival (laughs) 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 exactly um let's see i keep like sorry i'm probably giving people headaches bouncing back before between my screen share and um let's see here we are so why no lectures with the dnc since 1921 so here we kind of get like a a foretaste of of what we're going to discuss later after we studied the lectures but um there is some uh, decisions that are made in uh, 1921. Uh, Elder James E. Talmadge, John A. Widso, Joseph Filling Smith served as a committee to consider whether to continue publishing. Um, uh, this is in an interview with Elder Joseph Fielding Smith, uh, says that they are not complete as to their teachings regarding the Godhead. More complete instructions on this point of doctrine are given in section 130 of the Doctrine and Covenants. It was thought by Elder James E. Talmadge, chairman, and other members of the committee who were responsible for their own mission, that to avoid confusion and contention on this vital point of belief, it would be better not to have them bound in the same volume as the commandments or revelations which make up the Doctrine and Covenants. And so um, it specifically points to to lecture five as when we get there we'll we'll see exactly what they're talking about but um, you feel like they were censoring joseph smith it, it's hard to to say that fully do you know what i'm saying uh-huh yeah at, at some face value like i think that uh that can be a, a legitimate point there it, it's interesting how we can sometimes apply our, our modern lenses back in, in history. Um, and like, if we take a look at what was going on in the world and in the church at the time, there was a lot of stuff happening. So um, uh, we have World War One, we have the, the 1918 pandemic, we have the Reed Smoot hearings, we have um, the uh, James E. Talmadge's other book, uh, The House of the Lord, was in direct response because someone snuck into the Salt Lake Temple and started taking pictures and was, um, uh, what, not. They were going to publish it, weren't they? And yeah, so it's not it's not bribing, but what's the word? <laughs> but threatening to. No, it's um, blackmail. Blackmail, yeah, blackmailing the church and stuff, and so they're like, well we'll take pictures of our own <laughs> temple and, and release those kind of a thing. So, I mean, you have a lot of things that are happening and the, the brethren are, uh, you know, uh, doing the best they can to, you know, uh, keep the doctrine pure and uh, keep the, the mysteries sacred. And, you know, the, the church is getting into, to the phase where it's going worldwide and, Anyway, I, I wouldn't want to be <laughs> them at that time either, but because um, 
I think it's easy for us to to look at, at like James E. Talmadge and, and go, man, he he really did something wrong there. But yet, um, as we've talked about in, in a few of our other uh, classes and, and weeks here, that I think that it was wise and the Lord needed the lectures to be something that we strive for, uh, that it takes sacrifice and work to get. Um, and he'll lead us there as soon as we're ready for it rather than it just being published and, and widespread kind of pearls before swine kind of principle, where those who really need to, to part the veil, to learn the mysteries and things, they'll be led to it and, um, uh, and learn it more from, from him versus um, having us study it in, in Sunday school every week and not understand what we're studying kind of a thing. I don't know. It, it's an interesting principle for sure. Uh, well, that next paragraph, you know, talks about it and says the lectures of faith were written, published in DNC by men called to God to lead the church in 1834. The decision not to print them and then in the DNC was made by men called to God to lead the church in 1921. I submit that both actions were appropriate, mm -hmm. appropriate for their time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, give me a break. The first vision told us more about the Godhood than anything. Mm -hmm. If yeah. anyone knew about the Godhood, it would have been Joseph Smith. Yeah. Right? I mean, so I think it's more about us and not about Joseph Smith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And as we've seen from the lectures on faith in, in our previous week, or sorry, School of the Prophets, we've seen that the lectures on faith work, right? I mean, uh, what was the purpose? It was to help these um, these elders learn about God, his true characters, perfections, and attributes, and um, learn how to approach the veil, to ask, seek, and knock, and, and actually part and, and commune. And we've seen that it works. And um, uh, as that unfolds in the restoration, we see it kind of changing and, and morphing from time to time and, and what becomes of it. Um, but yeah, if anyone knew how to part the veil, it's Joseph Smith and uh, that select group of uh, men that were able to, to learn under his tutelage there. And yeah, it, it's kind of unfortunate, but at the same time, now looking at it, what has the Lord led us to do? I'm not you know, trying to trump it up more than it is, but for some reason, all of you all <laughs> joined this book club and, and we all voted to, to go to the lectures on faith at this time when there's so many different things that are beyond coincidence. Like the Lord is leading us right now to study the, these principles in the lectures and to what end? I don't know. I think it'll all be different for, for each of us, but um, we have to remember that this is a brand new church, right? Mm-hmm. This was what four years after the church, right? Yeah, so basically. And what better way than to teach the doctrine to the leaders of the church than through an organized class? And look at how the church has transpired, even in our day and age, right? I mean, we've changed how the temple ceremonies. How many times since I've been alive? Yeah. Um, and it's it's always appropriate for the time frame of 
of society, of, of what we're open and ready, willing to learn mm -hmm. is the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to, um, to compare policies and procedures uh, across the dispensation or, or even to other dispensations and stuff. But yeah, whatever, because if we believe that the church is being led by Christ through uh, a living watchman on the tower, a prophet, then everything is appropriate given the time frame and the current uh, situations uh, of the church and stuff. So uh, 1921, for some reason, even though it, it's kind of mind boggling, like, oh, I wish I had the lectures all along. I wish I was raised with those. Um, for some reason, uh, the Lord's purpose is is clear for for each of us as as we're ready for it he's ready to to come to us and, and teach us some of these things so my mind's kind of been working how many times have we talked about why why is what we're learning at church so watered down so here they had the lectures on faith um um, and, you know, I guess kind of what we're saying is this is the test of our time. It was given to him and having that was even a test, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the people that studied it, it wasn't a test for them, but it was a test for other members of the church as a general whole. And so it was taken away and now it's a test for us to see if we can go back and find them mm -hmm. and find those mysteries. Wasn't it the leadership of the church who basically were invited? I mean, who basically, when Joseph died, they would not have had this. I, I, I shudder to think how the church would have gone forward the way it did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, we see a lot of uh, training uh, of the leadership through the School of the Prophets and through Zion's Camp and uh, lots of those early programs there. But look at the training the church does now at general conference with all the general authorities, right? Mm -hmm. Individual meetings. Look at the bishop handbooks. I mean, go on and on and on, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I went on my mission so long ago that they don't do this anymore. But I spent a whole week in the, in the Switzerland temple. Oh, sorry, you muted yourself right after the Switzerland oh, temple. Yeah, I went to the temple and spent a week there on my mission. That was kind of weird. I got basically allowed to tour Europe for two weeks by myself after my mission, which is, you don't do that anymore either. But so I spent a week in, in Solokofen uh, with the temple there. And after every session, we actually all went into a room with the temple president, and he would explain the actual temple ordinances and answer any questions we had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously that just doesn't happen today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I look back at the early church and I, I was in Russia when they opened up the church and I, and I look at what elder Charles did to the six, seven branches and opening up the church. I felt I was back in Joseph Smith time, learning the very structure and, and the doctrines and what, to and not to do is to open the church there so mm -hmm. to me this is just 
the, the Lord's way of being able to respond to be able to build this church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Very uh, key uh, situation parallels right there. Yeah. Um, I had a question that I was going to ask, but I forgot what it was. All of a sudden, that left me, dang it. Um, I do appreciate you sharing the history of the time, Cameron, and reminding us of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's interesting to, um, to be alive at this time, right? I mean, we know that uh, it's, it's the latter part of the, the last days. And uh, President Nelson, I think it was key that we went through uh, the book of Nelson, you know, uh, reaffirming and, and solidifying in uh, our, our testimonies of, of that great man, and that the church is still being led um, by, by prophets, seers, and revelators who are uh, communing with, with Jehovah on our behalf and, and receiving that revelation. And what are they asking us to do? They're asking us to receive the same blessings, uh, to part the veil, receive, uh, to hear him, all of these different things. Um, we were watching uh, a YouTube video um, uh, of all these different quotes where uh, over the pulpit, they're quoting DNC 93 verse one. And I mean, they're telling it as plainly as they possibly can. Like, here, we've done it. You can do it. Let's 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 get it together, <laughs> kind of a thing. I studying that with DNC eighty eight, uh, where we took some time there, and and lectures on faith. Um, it's amazing how much more lectures on faith is being in the pulpit uh, since President Nelson took took office. That sounds really political, but anyway, since he's become the prophet, um, lectures on faith is, is quoted fairly extensively across all of the the general authorities. Um, they're all reading them, and uh, they're inviting us to to receive some of these profound blessings. And uh, I think that the "Come Follow Me" is is a, a huge uh, jumping off point in uh, that direction. Um, if if we take that seriously and and study doctrine on a weekly basis, uh, get into the scriptures, get to love them, get to hear His voice and and everything. And anyway, yeah, just kind of bouncing into to lectures on faith with that um, has been quite mind blowing <laughs> to me. Uh, every single week, as I'm doing these homework assignments that the Lord's given us, um, there's so many nuances and and things to the lectures in School of the Prophets that um, I don't know. It's just kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> Making time stand still, but yet making time move exponentially fast. Um, yeah, yeah, Kathy. Has anybody else listened to it on like the the audio of it of Lectures of Faith? Like my version that I recorded. You should take a minute and you should take a minute and listen to it. I, I just listened to it first on um, Desert Book app. Mm -hmm. And as I was listening to it, I was like, this feels just like a motivational video, like the, uh, what's that? I lost the word. Um, 
what's that thing you hear like how you how you think something that happens how you can what's the word how you can your mind can create something what's that called visualizing visualize visualize but there's another word where you create it what is it um you guys know it i just lost the word (laughs) anyway um when you listen to it it almost i was like this feels like i'm listening to like a worldly i just wish i could work to get the word that i'm thinking of like a motivational speaker oh can't think of if you guys sorry i lost the word it's like you can think it and create it how you create your your future you're thinking it's what? really weird to listen to it what was it from the secret the secret yes. yeah kind of from the secret it felt like i was listening to that and i was like is this really lectures of faith it felt it was so weird to listen to but then when i read it it felt oh. totally different okay that's really kind of cool um Anyway, I just wanted to see if anybody else felt that. I'm not yeah. sure what it is. I love the last piece where it says summary and conclusion, and they say they are a rich source of doctrinal treasures couched in clear and powerful language. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so Kathy, you quoted like the secret or something. Some a couple of people brought that up. Like, what is the secret, (laughs) or what are you referring to? The secret is like we're showing your age, Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) It was only in two (laughs) thousand and six. The secret is the book that's like if you if you believe it, it will happen. It will happen. It's like manifest manifestation, and that's Um, exactly what it feels like. This book on video, it's like it's like I was just like this feels like manifestation. I felt I felt that when I was I because I've already read the first lecture. That's kind of what I was. Really? Now that you say that, that's kind of what I felt like too. Like, oh, faith is how this all happens. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Law of attraction. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, I was like, this feels so weird to me. But then when I read it, I didn't feel like that at all. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. But I wonder if there's a little element that brings those two together. Like the law of attraction and faith if they actually do somehow i don't know you guys we need to like kind of figure that out i think there's something i've been led to that a lot lately of the law of attraction and manifesting and how to visualize properly and pineal gland and all that like i mean there's a lot to be said for and somehow it has to encapsulate encapsulate into faith like it's so There's some way they all connect. I just can't figure out how. Mm-hmm. I love it. I feel um, like the law of attraction was more like make a vision board and you'll get these things. So it was kind of like Satan's counterfeit mm-hmm. um, where, mm-hmm. where, where the, the law of attraction that you're talking about, Cameron, is more God's way. It's um, 
you know, bringing in faith, bringing in, you know, actions, things that we do, not making a vision board and then just waiting for it to happen. Mm -hmm. It it brings in faith and works. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the other thing, the thing that kind of bothers me about the whole throwing out to the universe law of attraction thing is that, is that um, what I've noticed because I was really, really deep into that for a while, um, that whole world anyway, is that what you receive God, everything we get comes from God, right? He's the ultimate provider, right? Right. If it is not something that's in your highest good, you're not going to get it. No matter how many vision boards you make of it, no matter how much you met, you know, but but a lot of things you you will attract into your life and you will bring it into your life because a lot of things we ask for are either for a higher good or it's not going to hurt us. And so, but there are things that are just not going to happen no matter how much you visualize it, no matter how much you, because it's just not, you know what I mean? Like God still has... I don't know how to say it, but do you, do you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're yeah. giving, like a priesthood blessing or something, right? Like if it mm-hmm. is the Lord's will, if you can put yourself in tune with the Lord's will and know that what you're actually saying will come is. to pass kind mm-hmm. of thing, then you can yeah. bless it with, mm-hmm. with a surety kind of. Kind of mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the world of sports, that's really easy. Me being a whopping five foot seven means that I will never be an NBA basketball player. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's just some things that you're just not going to receive. Yeah. But so before we go to to Leslie, Chelsea talked about uh, Carol Tuttle's remembering wholeness, and it's the similar concept of of manifesting and stuff, or. Uh, what are you referring to? Um, kind of. Um, yeah, Chelsea, you can, if you want to. I, it's, it's a really existential book. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks in there, so it it really stirred a lot up in my family. Actually, I had a sister in law that was really upset about the book because <laughs> there's a section in there that talks about how I don't remember exactly. Maybe Chelsea does, but um like somebody let's say somebody a woman gets raped there was a an agreement made before they came to earth those two people that that he agreed he would do that and she anyway so it's kind of uh and it takes away agency she talks about just basically remembering who you are and that you made you know promises and with other people before you came um that's kind of what i remember about it's been a long time since i read it maybe chelsea read it more recently mm-hmm. it's been a really long time for me too i don't remember that part at all <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with you alicia takes away agency if you believe that well i i do believe that we did make contracts with each other or covenants like say I want to learn forgiveness and my dad's like, I, I will be happy to help you do that. And I just love my dad for doing that. (laughs) What I don't understand and what he doesn't understand is how, you know, you have to be crossed to be, 
to learn how to forgive, but is there another way to learn forgiveness and in a fallen state, that's how it happens. Does that make sense? Yeah, so there is sin and there is responsibility, but we don't have to choose to help people in, in a sinful way. Does that make sense? Well, it's to me the argument of predestination and coordination, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, predestination, you have no agency. Foreordination, you have agency. Like you, I, I think we do covenant with one another. That's just me. I don't think that's doctrine. Oh, I, I absolutely believe that. But yeah. at the same time, we are also the master of our own destiny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is the main reason why we come to earth is to, to be proved and tested, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, very interesting. I'm, I've got yeah. the book. It's been recommended to me like thousands of times. So I'm going to dive in and some of those principles. Um, I'm just going to share, like, for instance, my son, I feel like has been my savior, the one that's left the church. Um, but because he started me on my path of not being the checklist member of the church because of his choices. But could he have done that without leaving the church and living a homosexual lifestyle? Probably, you know. So I just, and, and maybe he covenanted with me on that, but he could have done it a different way okay. because he was like, he was like a Hugh Nibley, his brain, photographic memory. He can, his, he, he was praying in Hebrew after half a semester of taking Hebrew. I mean, he bore his testimony in Samoan after three weeks of being in a Samoan ward. I mean, he is amazing. Could he have helped me that way but instead he left the church and so there's always another way that we can do it and some do choose that way but sometimes we choose a different way and who was it joseph smith that said that the tentacles of the church will wrap around you mm -hmm. be it in this life or the next if you keep your covenants yep mm -hmm. yep love that Mm, anyway. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Leslie, that was a big, <laughs> uh, a big hold on. <laughs> you guys will need to help my brain. Where were we before we got onto this? <laughs> <laughs> are you are you wanting to talk about the law of attraction? <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in big trouble, you guys. Um Oh, I know sometimes <laughs> I think I need to write a notepad, have a notepad and write down what my thoughts are. This is so, forget it. <laughs> um, how about I, I reserved the right to come back to it. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> oh, shoot. We, made, we made you wait too long. <laughs> okay. Can I chime in on this, this whole, uh, remembering wholeness thing and it's, um, so I agree with what you guys said, and I guess I, I can see it maybe a little bit differently too. Um, if, if 
I know that I, I had two patriarchal, not patriarchal, priesthood blessings that told me I was a chain breaker in my family. And so um, I think the Lord can send us in as, as that to help clean up our family line and stop generational stuff. And so there's, um, was it Joseph F. Smith that said that we, if Christ knew what vicissitudes that he would pass through, then so did we. So I don't remember which group. That's the problem of, of being in all the groups. I, <laughs> yeah, they all I don't know where it's been said. And, but um, there is a part in remembering wholeness about um, I don't even want to go into that, but I, I do think that there can be times where um, we can know ahead of time, uh, like premortally, that we were going to do some things that um, are, are messy and, and that it all fits into the plan somehow that it's going to, um, like if there was no... Um, chains that I needed to break then which isn't I'm sorry I'm rambling I'm just I'm <laughs> describing my life okay. yeah messy. so there's go through those messy things so yeah to clean in my, in my mission I'm gonna go help other people uh -huh. get out of it messy so I know that my mom we were partners in a way she made the mess and it, to to enable me to help with the lord to clean it up and so if she hadn't been willing in some measure to make that mess available for me to clean up it would have been um i don't know that's not a very good analogy but that's it's still what happened and and I don't, I don't know whether or not that takes away from our agency or not. I'm thinking it doesn't, but I just think it's way more, it's way more different than we, the way it looks. Well, we don't have to choose to be the chain breaker, right? You have yeah. the choice to be a chain breaker or not. Although I don't know, it feels like that is just seared into every fiber of my being and has been since you know for as long as I can remember so I I have things like that in my life and I'm like where did I get that from and I just wonder if those are the things we really studied hard in the pre-existence we so trained for and we learned for and that's why it's like almost an innate part of us um because it's it's what we wanted to do, yeah. but you still have a choice. You really yeah, do still have a that. choice. You know, yeah. you have to answer that call in this life. So I think we do have the agency, but there's just some really interesting thoughts that I've had that didn't come from my family that mm -hmm. are I'm learning are true. And I don't know where they came from, but I think it's what I learned in the preexistence. I was in that line instead of the artistic, I can sing, I can whatever line. 
<laughs> but you can narrate. Oh man, I can read a book. <laughs> I suspect that there's a lot of us in these groups that are chain breakers. So. I, I so agree with you, Leslie. As I look back on my life, so I'll tell you something personal and I'll show you how the chain breaking works. I was born in Munich, Germany. Um, uh, lived in an orphanage, was adopted by an American um, GI, came to America. Um, the grandfather was a head patron of the Masonic Lodge. I decided in my senior year to join the church. I went from most favored status to least favored status overnight. Mm -hmm. Decided to go on a mission, looked physically thrown out of the house by my grandfather two weeks before my mission was told I'd never get an education and threw away two scholarships to go on my mission. And I look back at this and this is all in Seattle, which is a real conservative place, right? <laughs> and, um, and I look back at this and there's just no question that the Lord had his hand involved in all of this. Yeah. But, you know, it was just something that I knew the very depths of my soul that I knew I had to do. Yep. yep. I agree. And, and what are the odds? And then, of course, I get called back to Germany on my mission, <laughs> which they have dual citizenship. So I would have been drafted in the army. So the church then changed me to Austria. And of course, I thought that was the best mission in the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, not to like harp on arrival all the time but i mean look at the the principle there she starts receiving the gift of of time and and communication and she she knows the outcome she knows the heartbreak that she's going to have with her daughter that dies in the future yet when it comes down to the time appointed she still decides to make the plunge and uh, like the the famous quote from the beginning and, and the end of the movie do you want to make a baby yes i still do like even though i know that it will end in heartbreak that she is not going to be able to to live half the life that i have led i still want to make that baby and i want to make that choice i want to go through hard things on purpose i want to sacrifice for others so that i can have all of those moments in between so that i can like i don't know it's just the choice of eve uh in in so many ways of yeah it, it's fine I'll, I'll i'll do the descent because the joy is so worth it in in the middle uh and and the outcomes obviously um from an eternal perspective the arrival doesn't necessarily touch on on that latter part but um i think all of us at, at, in the same vein had that kind of an experience in pre-mortality where we are being trained and and loved so deeply by our father in heaven and we are given the gift of time we're we're allowed to see the end from the beginning and make a choice do you still want to do this even though it's going to be hard it's going to literally pull at all of your heartstrings at all times <laughs> but do you still want to do this because this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man 
you want to be a part of it? And like President Nelson echoes in, in our time, do you want to be a part of like the greatest thing that, that's happening at the world at this time? And I think all of us are, are right there. Yes. Uh, there, there's a reason that, that we have been born where we're born, whatever the circumstances, like, like Stefan's story there, like, we, we all come from all these varied backgrounds and, and things, but there's no coincidence that right here in this moment, we are here talking about this and remembering uh, remembering the future in, in some very profound ways as we are um, approaching the end times and our, our missions. These are kind of the things that we were raised up to, to be and uh, how many of us are, are waking up to the profound potential that, that lies within each of us. Even though that we do have a veil, we don't necessarily have the, the remembrance, but we get little tastes. And as we do it, receive the gift of time by accessing the veil, ac accessing Christ through the veil, then we can start receiving more information about those four ordinations and the things that we did covenant to, to come down here to do. And anyway, it's just like such an amazing plan. <laughs> Sorry to give hey, a tease. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron, do you think deja vus could be that we actually are remembering? Like maybe we did know all this was happening? Because I've got deja vus that are like way too real. Yeah. Like that it's like, like I saw St. George way before I moved here. I saw, I saw things. So when it happens, I'm like, oh, I'm on the right track. Cause this is what I already have done this. Like, it's really, I kind of think we already knew just like that movie. I think we already knew. And so when things feel familiar, it's because you're on the right track. Do you guys ever feel like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't had yeah. a deja vu in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, want to <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but in Hebrew, the it, interesting. I'll give you a homework assignment. Go look up deja vu in a Hebrew context. Um, <laughs> it, it's often called the windows of heaven. Uh, being able to to unlock that. But anyway, so President Nelson in uh, the dedication of Russia said nothing spiritual in life, and this is a word for word quote is a coincidence. And I'm a firm, firm believer in, in that. I remember when I came into the church, I literally, Kathy, had two deja vus that I knew that, and they were both when I was in the church ward and building, and it just connected me, just spiritually. And it's hard to explain, but I, I just knew that this is, what the Lord had for me, right? Mm -hmm. All about you. And last week I was not in the group because I was down at Shakespeare Festival in Cedar City. And we saw a wonderful play called King Lear. And I thought it was interesting because in one of the takeaways is the fact that King Lear goes through life. And one of the things that he learns is that through his trials and tribulations that he learns how to love that he learns how to be loved and he learns how to grow and michael wilcox i'm sure a lot of you know who, who he is he spoke at this 
um, you know, and told us about the play. And, and uh, he said, you know, as you go through life, it's it, by going through these things that we become you know, more Christ-like. Yeah. I love that. Well, Thanks for your testimony, Cameron, about that. Everybody's that I, I felt the spirit so strong when you were speaking. Well, I don't know. Anything else? Lectures on faith or otherwise? My, my brain just looked like, I don't know, give up the ghost. <laughs> Maybe we should rename this group the Chain Breakers. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe we kind of studied together in the pre-existence and we found each other, right? <laughs> I think so, for sure. Yeah. Going to be a great adventure. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to the day when we all meet up again for and remember that time. <laughs> Remember when we used to do a book club? We got together on Wednesday. <laughs> and we thought we knew so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yep. Come to realize we didn't know anything, huh? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. No, but I sure learned a lot from you guys. Oh, oh goodness, yes. <laughs> well, everybody have a wonderful night. Thanks, Cameron. Yep. Get your popcorn ready. Good night, guys. I gotta, I gotta get my notebook out and watch it again tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so excited. Good night, guys. Nice. 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 See y'all later. Good night. Good night. Good night.